Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Today we are bringing in two guests to talk about an organization that has been around Los Angeles for almost 30 years. Starting off as a safe and creative space for urban youth, it has since become a prominent voice within the LGBTQ community. Stick around to find out what Reach LA is all about and how you can get involved. With that said, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more leather talk. Well, everybody, this is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today I have two very special guests from the organization known as Reach LA. We have uh, Dan Soto and Miguel. Um, hi, everyone. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, Dan, Dan, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Yeah, um, I'm Dan Soto, or some people know me as Bam Bam, uh, gender male, sexual orientation. Um... I just like whatever I see. And a title holder, I held a title once upon a time in 2017 of the Los Angeles Leather Bears. And um, I have been employed with Reach LA since July of this year, which is 2020. Uh, but I've actually partnered with them for a few years because I've worked in uh, HIV and nonprofit for almost uh, six years now. So I've partnered with them in the past. So I'm very familiar with them. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll get more into those details later. M- Miguel, would you mind introducing yourself? Yes. Uh, my name is Miguel Bojanda. I'm the executive director here at Reach LA. My gender is male um, orientation. I am a gay man. I am not a title holder, but uh, I'm a member of Onyx and I've been part of the organization since 2017. Awesome. Awesome. So um, let's get into it. First of all, what what is Reach LA? Yeah, so Reach LA is a nonprofit organization um, primarily focusing on wellness and arts here in the downtown Los Angeles area. It was formed in 1992 by um, some women artists here in downtown that created wanted to create a safe space for urban youth um, during the 1990s, um, the, the riots and all the gang wars that were going on. And, um, you know, today Reach LA is really catered to working with young LGBTQ people of color and their communities by engaging and empowering them to be self-sustaining and just uh, socially, mentally, emotionally, and physically conscious and, you know, and well. So uh, we're very, we pride ourselves to being an organization that really caters to young LGBTQ people of color, as um, there's not many spaces that truly unify people of color, especially young people of color that are, you know, free-loving artists, um, creatives, and uh, we're really excited to be an organization, you know, here in the heart of downtown LA. We're not a large organization, so yeah, it's just one of those things where we are kind of like a little bit of a diamond in the rough. We're a small yet mighty team, and uh, we're doing a lot of good work, and we're really excited about it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, Miguel, how did you first get involved with Reach LA? 
Well, I started, well, I've been working in public health like Dan for, for a numerous number of years. I've been doing it for 23 years, as long as he's been born. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've been doing it since 97. I worked in a community work for many years. Um, and eventually I was given the opportunity to apply as an executive director here in wow. 2017. And um, I started, um, I I come from, I, I mean, the individuals who ran the organization before me were great individuals that did a lot of great work. So filling their shoes was a, was a mighty feat, but um, I think we did pretty good. We've done, we've done pretty well. We've immensely grown in the last, um, last year, actually. We went from a four-person full-time staff to now 15 full-time staff members. Wow. I mean, it's been around for a while. I mean, like you said, it's uh, as old as, as Bam Bam. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dan, how did you get involved? Um, I used to work for, uh, for another facility when I was 22, I believe, 22, 23. And uh, I started off as like a volunteer worker. And I met Reach LA through a partnership I had with my previous agency. And that was before Miguel was was on board here. And so I was very familiar with Reach LA and, and the demographic and the, the individuals that that they served. And I was, uh, I, I wanted to collaborate with them. And then when I found out that people uh, like Miguel and Luis uh, came and, and worked for this agency, I, I wanted to further that, that relationship. And so I started, um, I started collaborating more and I would come here for my other job and, and teach workshops and classes on sexual health to, to their clients. And uh, that's how I became uh, more directly involved with Reach LA. And I took a, a break from, from, from this field for two years to go back to school. And when I saw uh, an opening for, for a position that they had, which is what I'm doing now, which is telehealth um, navigation for clients, I, I jumped on it and I was like, well, you know, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. Well, I'm in square one again, and 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 I'm here now, which I'm which I'm feel really grateful because I, I I love their mission and I love the the culture here, and I'm just really grateful that I can be a part of it. And we're very excited to have Dan because not only is he um, he really is aligned with the mission of the organization, but more importantly, you know, he comes with a lot of knowledge on prep which is the main program that he works under. And a lot of the people that are, we recently contracted to work with us, they're all new. They're all new to the field. And having somebody with his expertise was very valuable. And our new telehealth program here for prep services that are absolutely, absolutely free for anybody in the state of California. Um, they can get the free prep services. And Dan is our key contact to make sure that everybody is given the quality of service, but more importantly, increase the access to prep. That is so awesome. Well, I know you guys, uh, you, you guys have a lot of things going on over there. And, and I do want to get into that. But I did hear you mention a few times that the mission. And I'm curious to know if the mission that you hold today, is it the same mission that Reach LA started with back in 1992? Or how, how has that changed or evolved over time? Yes. So from my understanding, because, you know, I was very young back in 92, <laughs> no, <not really. laughs> but I, um, yeah. So, I mean, think about it. Like in 1990s, um, after the, the, the riots, the LA riots, and then all the police brutality, uh, the Rodney King trial, all those wonderful things that happened that caused all this turmoil in the city. Right. Um, these women artists were like, well, how can we get young people to be active and, and be creatives in a city of chaos? So they created this space and um, their, their gear was just to work with artists 
that you know of all colors of all genders then he called them urban youth they, uh, so this wasn't necessarily targeted towards the lgbtq plus community at this time that is correct it was for just young people in general um and and then eventually in 2010 uh, the 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 local health department released extra money to work with um, vulnerable populations or if for the people that don't know what that means, it's in people that are, are um, at risk for contracting HIV. They, they took a risk of working with organizations that were working with youth in general and ReachLA was selected as one of them. And they were given a certain amount of money that established their, what they call MSM or men who have sex with women programming. Mm-hmm. And that was the start of the of what we have now. That's really awesome. So it started off as sort of like a a, a way to, uh, I guess, voice with through art and and expression. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. here we are. So are there still some aspects of that in Reach LA today? Uh, absolutely. I think that for me, it's one of the things that drew me to Reach LA because I I took a break from from this field to go back to school and study fashion design. Mm-hmm. And part of the things that I love about Reach LA is that I'm able to kind of come in here and incorporate that and work with other creatives. We have a dance studio here at uh, the facility that's where we try to teach, um, where we, we do teach dance classes to youth. And it's, uh, it's just for them to come and, and find a, an outlet through art, through their creativity. And so we, we utilize stuff like dance and uh, fashion. And everyone here has, has an artistic eye in one way or another, whether they they know it or not. And I think that's the beauty of it is to be able to bring the art aspect into into healthcare and into into our, our LGBT community with the services that we provide. And I think that's what really sets us apart from other agency is that we cater to to a very raw part of our community that isn't always comfortable going into a clinical setting. And I think to diffuse some of that with art is what really keeps us uh, vibrant and relevant right now. So you mentioned, you know, you have dance classes and, and several um, outlets for, for art. What are some other services that you offer at Reach LA? One of the things that um, that I was really big on back when I started doing this type of work were discussion groups, right? Um, a, a community coming together to discuss about stuff that they really wanted to talk about. And me being a very sex positive, I'm also a kinky person. I I really wanted to make sure that people felt safe in a sex positive space. So we talked a little, anything about sex, anything about relationships, polydynamics, everything you can think of. We took it to heart to develop social discussion groups. So we started off with one about three years ago. Now we have three to four. And I say three to four because one's in the works of restarting again. We have a group for young trans women. We have a group for black um, black gay men, another one for queer people of color and their allies. And I think it's more importantly, the the, uh, the other one we're working on is, to bring back is our Asian API um, discussion group that we have. And a lot of it has to do with sexual health, but a lot of it has to do with social, social um, issues, social justice, and more importantly, just addressing those areas, right? That personal development of relationship building, networking, and so forth. So is Reach LA, all of these events, do they happen under the same roof or are you guys like renting out venues to hold these events? We, our main site is located at uh, 1400 East Olympic Boulevard in downtown LA in the Produce District. Um, b- before COVID, um, we had lots of people here depending on the night of the week. Um, right now, most of our stuff is done virtually uh, from our dance classes, our discussions groups are all virtual. 
Um, at some of the venues, some of the larger events, uh, we have historically used large um, venues. We've used the red line for um, in-person live discussion groups, almost like a talk show format. And we've also even done, um, we host the largest ball on the West Coast. Uh, last year, we had it in uh, at the Catch One. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So we're yeah, our events could range from, you know, twenty to thirty people, a smaller size event to our openness. We had over five hundred people oh uh, attend from all around the country. Now, so uh, what what age group are is what age group are you focused on? Are these like minors or what is the age range? So our, our we're contracted to work with um, individuals thirteen to thirty five. Okay. Um, I say that we're very good at um, addressing the needs of the individuals in their 20s um, and in, even in their 30s. Um, we, you know, because of COVID, it's been really limiting to work with people who are outside of the age range, especially when parental consent involved. Mm-hmm. But historically, Reach LA has worked with high schoolers, uh, GSAs, Gay Straight Alliances, and even um, Models of Pride um, youth organizations here in LA. Awesome, awesome. So, how would how would one get involved with Reach LA in the first place? And what kind of people are are coming to your organization for these different classes and services? I mean, we we of course we're we're contracted to service uh, thirteen to thirty five year olds, right? Mm-hmm. But our doors are open to anybody that wants to collaborate with us in in any you know in any capacity. Like if somebody wants to you know throw an event and uh, and collaborate with us, we're more than welcome to do that. Right now, we're working on a collaboration called Spring into Love, which is a, a collaboration of different art form of different agencies, and we're submitting uh, entertainment, so a dance video for this virtual. Um, this virtual event that's happening that we usually do do live. We usually go and we table, we offer resources. So if any other organization wants to partner with us, we're more than happy to. Uh, also, even if you want to be a recruiter for us, like if you, we do have, we do offer HIV testing here on site and we're able to put some money into the pockets of people that want to come and collaborate with us and see what it's like to, to be a part of this agency. And all they have to do is reach into their social networks and see if any of their friends want to get tested. Because realistically, we only can reach uh, a certain amount of people. But it's really um, the friends of our friends that we want to get in here, you know, because they may not, uh, they may not listen to us because we, ha- we wear that healthcare like cap. But if it's one of their friends talking to them, they're more likely to, to listen to them or, or, or come in when, when they have that conversation. So it's nice to just kind of uh, get to meet people just through other people's networks. So in terms of collaboration, we're open to, to, to have our doors here to anyone that wants to be a part of us. So I'm I'm assuming. Well, I, I I'm not sure if you mentioned this or not at the beginning, but you are a nonprofit. Is that correct? That is correct. correct. So then, if, if someone wants to come and collaborate, um, is all of this how is how is all of this funded? Is it through like private donations, or or if someone wants to come and use your your space, do they pay like a fee? How does that work? Yeah. So we have different uh, guidelines, right? So you know, because we're publicly funded, um, about I'd say about. About 50% of it is publicly funded. The other one is through fundraising or just um, revenue from other products that we have. I think um, we try to make sure that we open the space. If you're a young person of color in our demographic and need a space to host an event or host things, we typically um, waive all 
fees because we want to increase access to young people. If you're somebody who plans to profit from, you get thrown an event or do a video shoot or do stuff and you're going to profit from it, we do ask for a donation for the use of spaces. So it really depends. It's a case-by-case scenario, but we really want to increase the access for safe spaces for young people, specifically young queer people of color. So in the midst of, of COVID-19, how are you guys holding, fun- or are you holding any fundraisers and events at this time? Most of the fundraisers that we do are online. Um, we do have a link on our, um, our website. If anyone's interested in donating, um, you know, all your donations go directly to providing services to young LGBTQ people. And if they want to get involved in, like Dan was saying, there's so many things that we can do online mm-hmm. uh, to provide that. But we, you know, we most of the fundraisers are done virtually at this at this moment. Even our large event that we really were looking forward to doing, it would have been our 15th anniversary of Ovenis Ball. Um, where we're going to do it virtually or even maybe even outdoors. But those are there. There's definitely COVID's proved a lot of bar- created a lot of barriers for us, mm-hmm. um, and the safety of our clients are always our biggest priority. What are some upcoming events that you have for the rest of this year planned? We have, what, two, three more months left? <laughs> yeah, um, October. I mean, we're having our, so we are, our office is kind of cool because, um, you know, we look like a big, gray, scary office, but if you, you come, if you come into it, it's like a little oasis inside of here. It's kind of cool. Um, but uh, we have a movie night coming up. Um, if you come and get a service tested here at the organization, you get a free ticket and we're going to be providing a taco lady, um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of you all know the the nice little woman. What's her name from outside Fault Line? Uh, Rosa. No, no, no. I forget Rosa's her name. Lady. Yeah, Rosa the flower lady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not the guess. taco lady, the flower lady. <laughs> I forget her name, but anyway, she's um she's actually going to be uh, making food for us here, awesome. and um, we're creating a social distancing outdoor rooftop movie night. Oh, how uh, fun! Like, in a scary movie. So, so this it's one's in person. Time. Yeah, it's going to be an open. It's our first in person. Uh, um, events and it's 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 capped at about forty people total, including staff. Uh, we're gonna have open um, open seating, but open areas where you know you could bring a group of friends, your your little um, your pods, mm-hmm. your pods of people, and you could reserve small little uh, spaces that are kind of designated that that's your spot. Food will be brought to you, um, beverages will be brought to you, kind of thing. So, so is this your first in person event that you're trying out? Yeah. Okay. And do you plan on having more of these, like as the year goes on? Oh yeah. I mean, granted, weather, right? But you know, right. I mean, we're, we're stuck in California. What do you, what do you expect? <laughs> right. Right. Well, I heard you mention sexual health and, and testing a few times now, so I do want to ask you a couple questions about that. Um, you are providing free. Is it free HIV testing? Yeah. All our services are low to no cost. Okay. Okay. So, how do we sign up for an HIV test? Yeah, so um, right now, because of COVID-19, we have a few protocols that has kind of changed the way we do things. So all of our testing is uh, by appointment only. And so we're providing tests Monday through Friday from noon to five. And so you'll simply just call in to to reach LA and request an appointment. And we're going to go ahead and put you into the schedule. So that allows us to make sure that we are, um, you know, keeping a safe space. Mm-hmm. So everything is socially distanced so that there's no, not a, uh, too many people in the office at once. 
and then we'll go ahead and provide the testing. Everything's incentivized if you fall between um, the target demographic that we are um, contracted to serve. And so they'll get a, either an Amazon or a Target gift card for coming in to get tested. So, uh, so yeah, so those are one of the services that we provide right now. And it, it's uh, it's been doing well, actually. It's You would think that because of COVID, it would uh, cause a barrier, but... People are still interested in learning about their sexual health and, you know, staying safe and, you know, knowing your status is a really important part of that. And we've we've found that people are still coming in to get tested. People appreciate the the appointment based service because they know that there's only well, one slot allowed per person at that time and you know we don't have we're not overcrowded there's not uh, it gives us enough time to clean in between appointments so um so it's it's worked out really well for us so do you need health insurance to sign up for this or absolutely not no no health insurance you just uh, have the desire to get tested you give us a call and we'll set that up at no cost to you okay and let's say you, you do come back with a positive result and you do need treatment what steps do we take at that point yeah, so uh, we have what is called a linkage to care coordinator here. And uh, if somebody comes back with a positive result, they'll have a conversation with, with that individual. And their their main priority is to make sure that the client gets the services that they need uh, in terms of treatment. And so what we'll do is we'll, we have communication with different agencies within uh, LA County that provide treatment. Okay. And they go ahead and do all the legwork and get you linked into a provider that will go ahead and take all the necessary steps to make sure that treatment is the next step uh, in, in this process. In terms of my program, it's all digital. So how that works is you get tested and we send that test to you uh, at home. And if you come back with a positive result, you'll get a phone call from me. And then because we I service all of California, not just L.A. County, uh, I do the legwork of looking for any agencies and providers within your area. So it can be San Diego, it can be Palm Springs, San Francisco, it can be LA. And what I do is um, I do all the calls to make sure that I find a place that can provide treatment to them in their area. So the testing program, that that goes beyond Los Angeles? Is, is that what you're saying? So we have testing facilities in-house here at ReachLA, mm -hmm. and then you have our a telehealth program, which does the testing all of California. And we send at test kits to the client's home. So they do testing within the comfort of their home. Yeah, and this, wow. this is included um, is not only HIV, like Dan mentioned, but also STIs, rectal swabs, throat swabs, um, and to identify any potential infections of the, of the, the, the main STIs. Mm -hmm. Now, what about um, pre-exposure prophylaxis and post-exposure? Do you guys have any programs associated with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tele the telemedicine program that I that I run is all prep, and it's all okay. uh, really beautiful because it's especially now in the age of COVID, like it's all done from your home. So doing it all. So you never have to leave your home. Uh, you just go online to hey Mister uh, forward slash reach, and you can sign up from your phone, from your desktop. And if you have insurance or not, uh, go ahead and sign up. And they have providers there on site that will find either programs for you or see how we can go about uh, covering the cost of uh, of prep and the services that come with it. 
And once you're all signed up, they send an at-home testing kit to you. You send that back and wait for your results. Once that's uh, done, you have a little video conference with a doctor and you talk about the program, you talk about the medication, you get a nice little phone call from me and we talk about the service, any other services that you may need or any questions about the program. And then once that's all taken care of, we make sure that you are HIV negative and then we send PrEP straight to your home. And in terms of PEP, uh, at the very moment, we don't provide PEP uh, or post-exposure prophylaxis. And uh, but I do have uh, I am partnered and I do have connections to people throughout L.A. County that do offer uh, PEP on site. And so you get a I just get to make a little phone call to them and sign you up for a uh, a appointment and let you know where to go. And then uh, those providers will go ahead and help you access PEP uh, from their facility. That is so awesome. It sounds so streamlined. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty legit. Like, I, I like how it's really, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the website is heymester, is H-E-Y-M-I-S-T-R forward slash reach. You will see our logo so you know it's the right side. And more importantly, um, the sign up is pretty quickly. It's all done online. It's paperless. And uh, we've been with this partner for almost a year now. We're expanding it to another provider working with QCare. And that's going to be really cool because it's just going to expand the amount of services that are able to you know, if you're you're talking, we've had over 500 enrollees in the in the era in the time of, of COVID, right? And that means that people really wanted their sexual health services, their testing, and their prep, even though they were being quarantined, quote unquote. Um, yeah, so I mean, we all care, all we care about is that people are, are taking the proper precaution. Um, you know, and regardless of your of your identity, your relationship status, you know, PrEP is a, is a really good way to prevent um, infections. They provide both the SCOVI and Truvada. So, you know, even if, and if they have, and they have an existing prescription somewhere, they could, they could move over to our program still um, and never have to go into the doctors for their PrEP services. Oh, I see. So you make it more readily accessible then for yes. a lot of people. Our goal for PrEP is to increase access. So uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, I don't want to go to doctors, you know, because of COVID. I don't want to leave the house because of COVID. Okay, cool. Well, we have now a program that you could do everything from the comfort of your own home. So I, I guess that was going to be my next question for you is what, what are your immediate goals for the rest of this year with this program? And, and what are your future goals as far as Reach LA? For our current goals, I mean, we have our standard um, recruiting a number of individuals to get tested into our services for linkage, identifying um, uh, new positives, and that's getting them into care services, right? Mm -hmm. For our prep, we don't have a necessarily end goal. I I challenge the staff to enroll um, a thousand individuals in a calendar year into prep, and that's a big chunk of people. But um, for, for the future of Reach LA, you know, because we're just a small community organization, I'm I'm thinking big. I'm thinking uh, the expansion of our trans women's program. Um, we just started it, and I know it's going to get only bigger. Our, our arts program is um, is pretty established, but I wanted to get bigger and, and and develop a scholarship program for local community artists to be funded uh, to you know start a project for them. I also I'm looking into getting uh, medical services, preventive medical services, and STI testing and treatment on site. So people could come here and get free services. And also the last one that I'm working on and I want it rolled out by next year, 
would be um, mental health services. So you're talking about uh, virtual and in-person therapy sessions free of charge to increase access to young people of color. Awesome. Awesome. Well, how can we get more involved? Are you looking for more staff, more volunteers? Um, How can we reach out? So there's so many things that people can do. First and foremost, um, financial resources are always, um, um, you know, and some people don't have the means to go ahead and donate, and that's totally fine. But, you know, I never never, um, deny the fact that we probably know somebody that knows somebody. And I think I'm making those connections, those networks. I'm a new leader, so I have I'm 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 learning as I go. And I think if you're interested in uh, providing those type of connections, like I know a person that can help with this, you know, be very forthcoming with that information would be very helpful. I think those who are interested in participating in the programs, if you identify as a young person of color and young being relative, right? If you're under forty. Um, but you know, we have other people in our community, especially with the leather community. There are people that are older. We're going to be offering and developing mentorship programs at some point that, you know, we want to help young people get to a point where it's a, a truly a mentorship program, uh, where we're able to give them knowledge and give them ideas, but let them and support their decisions without being ageist, without being belittling them, like, oh, you should do this. Because we're not a we, we're not an organization that tells people what to do. We're an organization that likes to give options. And that is what that we stand by that because too many times authorities always come and tell us what to do. So we don't want to be that authority. We want to be a safe, a truly a safe space for young people to come and say, you know, at Reach LA, they offer all these things and this is what I chose to do. Mm-hmm. And one of my final questions is, uh, you know, this show is called Leather Talk, and I actually didn't hear about Reach LA until I started getting more involved in the leather community. What What is your involvement with the leather community? Well, we're a bunch of freaks here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but also true. There's some truth to that. <laughs> there's, always a, there's always a truth into the, yeah, it's a story. Um, well, I mean, I'll... I think uh, Luis, uh, who works here, he was he's a former title holder also, uh, Mr. Faultline. We got Mr. Bam Bam here, um, his experience of, as a LA Leather Bear, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, myself, I've been part of Annex for three years. I think um, an organization, you know, a lot of us are kinksters, and I think uh, we recognize that we're part of many different communities that are often overseen, overlooked, underappreciated by general society. And I think as a, as Kingsters, we're able to bring in another perspective. The one personally for me is um, is a sex positivity. I mean, if you're not sex positive in the King community, I that's kind of an oxymoron to me. So <laughs> I think you got to be really open to that. And I think even as a, I mean, I'm in my 40s, and I think when a young person comes and talk about their crazy wild night, I I I, I applaud them. I I. I I'm happy for them that they were comfortable enough to share that with me and they're open enough to share that with me. And I think it's because I do connect with them outside of just being the director of the organization. They feel comfortable. And I know they feel comfortable with Luis and Dan because they also, they see people like them in this organization. It's not this, um, we're not this organization that doesn't represent the community that we serve. And that's one thing I'm very proud of with the makeup of the staff is that the community sees them represented in the in the offices yeah and just to echo with what miguel said i think being sex positive is a big part of creating 
a safe space uh, for individuals, for, for young LGBTQ youth. And a lot of them sometimes are afraid to to receive some of these services because they're scared of either to be judged or they're scared that, um, you know, people are going to tell them what to do or how to do. And I've, I've, I've been there. Like I've gone to providers that tell me, Oh, uh, you need to do this or you need to stop doing this in regards to, to, you know, my sexual practices. And it's just not a good feeling. And so to have a foundation in, um, in just being, uh, sex positive and open about sexuality, which, you know, I've, I've really grown to love about kink and leather is being able to now kind of translate that into, into a workspace and provide that same openness for our clients to, to be open about their sexual health and to not, you know, feel like we're going to judge them or we're going to chastise them for, for just trying to, you know, live their life. And so that's a, a big part of just how, leather and, and kink kind of overlap with with my day job. And, you know, I know that in the past we've also had um, just like workshops, like like a bondage workshop on how to like tie a knot and tie rope. And so we've had individuals from the community come and, and do an educational class to to people who are also interested in a safe space where they can ask questions and, and really learn um, some new skills, you know, for them to have fun later. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up here, I'm curious to know if you have maybe one or, or two moments that really stick out in your mind, a good memory or experience that you've had with working with people through this program. Oof. I've done it for 23 years, so I'm like, which of my two? I've had a lot of great moments. Um, but then if you have one, you want to share? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to pinpoint one, but um, I, think, I think for me is... I, it wasn't here at REACH, but throughout the work that I've done, I used to have somebody who volunteered for one of the programs that I've, that I was teaching at one point. And um, he went on to, to kind of learn more and, and be a little bit more active within the community. And now he, um, now he works within the field and, you know, it's, it's always nice to see his name when I'm in like workshops or conferences, because I know that, you know, he started as a volunteer with me and now I just see him doing all this amazing work. And I think that's the beauty of what we do here. Sometimes people want to get involved and giving them um, the space to get involved. You know, you never know. It can be it can lead to a career for them and really do some good for other people that, you know, need need that same guidance. So that's kind of the beauty of of of. of of what I've really enjoyed doing this work. So you're, you're starting to really see it become kind of multi-generational. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, been, been doing this for what, 23 years now. I started in 97. Um, I, I've seen people literally move from a participant in one of my discussion groups to a volunteer. And now they're, you know, working in a, an organization right now like me, but in a in a leadership role and their passion is taking them to so many different levels i share one quick story um i'm without giving names uh this this young individual um came to my discussion group and just shared a lot of um frustrations of being a at, at that time cis wasn't a even a, a term that we use but identified as being it's tough being a cisgendered um gay gay latino and their just constant confusion with just their identity and then one day I saw them out and about and I was at a club and I saw them and, the, and they came up to me and they're like, 
if I had not come to your group, if I had not come to have your conversations with you, I would not have realized that I was trans. And I would not have realized that, you know, that my journey would start after meeting you. And it was one of the most nicest things anyone ever said to me, you know, and now she's a, you know, full on advocate for trans women. She she's all about doing a bunch of great work, working in different organizations. And every time I see her, it just brings a nice little warm feeling to my heart. I'm like, oh, um, and, and, there's no, and there's nothing wrong with saying like I'm very proud of what I was able to do at that time. But I'm more proud of of her resilience to move into a, a a scary journey for many people, people that takes for years for them, for her as a 16, 17 year old young person to grow up into this amazing woman. So it sounds like with both of your stories, I mean, it, at Reach LA, through your experience at least, it's about sort of planting seeds. Uh, and we, I mean, we even have a couple of staff here on uh, that are that are now full time employees running amazing programs that all started as 16, 17 year old young people here at the organization. And they 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 continue to come as participants and they found out that we were hiring and they've done nothing but really speak for their communities and they got the job. That is so awesome. Well, before we go, um to all the listeners right now, if you had one message for them, what would that be? Um, for me, it, it always comes down to just um, just be kind to people. I mean, I think a lot of the times from from the beauty of here, like we're just we just give people kindness ultimately and allow them to to take that kindness and, and grow. And so I just always tell people like, be nice to people. You don't know what, what they're going through or you don't know um, if your kindness can be the difference between them having a good and bad day and it can really make the difference. I think I would probably say something like, um, it's, you know, especially to my other brothers and sisters that are listening, it's okay not to be included in spaces geared towards groups that you don't belong to. It's and I think it's even more so more important for you to support those spaces and advocate for those spaces, even though you're not going to be invited. Why? Because these are spaces that are needed. These are spaces that are required. And we will never, and I say, I include myself too, because as a cis Latino gay man, there's spaces that I don't need to be in to, to, to support. I don't need to be there in the mix of things. You know, I created, you know, I created a space for myself when I needed to share with amongst my colleagues. But we we started a young black men's group that I even as a director will never step into because that's not my space. And I value safe spaces so much to the point where I will take myself out of the equation. I, I implore my my little brother and sisters to say that sometimes you could help, but you don't have to be in the mix of everything. Um, the other other message I would probably say is that uh, let's never impose our privileges onto people and say, oh, I could help with that. Oh, I can help with that. We need to listen to our communities to find out what they need. And sometimes just sitting and listening is a great start to listening what people need. Never assume what a community needs if you're not part of it. Well, um, last little bit here could you would you mind giving us your um your website address one more time and, and how how can we reach out to you individually if you're open to that yeah so reach la is um we have a website it's reachla.org 
Um, you could check out our Instagram, um, all of them, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can look under Reach LA. It's you'll see a nice little yellow logo with a, a guy jumping around says Reach LA. It's pretty cute. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, and then um, if you want to reach me, um, Dan, I don't know if you like. You could I'm the executive director. You could message me at Miguel at ReachLA.org and. And you can always contact me, uh, Dan, at Dan, D-A-N, at ReachLA.org as well. And I can provide you with your prep needs or any questions you have about sexual health. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much again for coming on the show. We really appreciate you. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for everything you do for the community, Brendan. Yeah, thank you, Brendan, for everything. Before we go, I'd like to remind all of you that in the midst of COVID-19, there are several organizations within the Los Angeles leather community that are here to help. The LELC Cares, Bilipar Pantry, and LA Leather COVID-19 Assist. If you or anyone you know is in need of assistance, please reach out. I will have links in the description below. If you liked today's episode, make sure to check out my Patreon, where patrons can gain early access to podcast episodes, as well as exclusive access to other bonus material. You can find me on Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, Instagram as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, and Facebook as Brandon Bullet. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.